This is The Business Machine, where we talk with small business owners and entrepreneurs to get their advice on how they run their machines. We know that they, as high-energy, non-stop, inspirational leaders, are behind their well-oiled machines. We will get their tips and tools and also listen to their mistakes and how they overcame them. As business owners, we're all trying to fuel our machines and create a great team so that our machines will eventually run themselves. So get ready. Up next, the business machine is firing up. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Business Machine, or learning from our mistakes, like we like to call it. I'm Brian Town, your host and CEO of Michigan Creative. And so thanks for joining us on our fifth episode. We're really excited. And uh, we've got a great guest in here. Mike Maddox is here from ASK, and we're ready to get started. And the reason why we started this show, as I've told you before, is that when people are asking me, so you know, how have you been successful and, and things like that? And, and I said, well, you know, when I'm done at Michigan Creative, I'll write a book. And, th- and that book's not going to be on all the things I've done right. Uh, it's going to be on all the things that we messed up along the way. And every time I say that, uh, people nod their heads. And so that's why we started The Business Machine. And today, Mike Maddox is here. And Mike Maddox is the president and CEO of ASK. And ASK is a Lansing-based IT security and consulting firm. So Mike, thanks for coming. Hey, thanks for having me on, Brian. So, Mike, somebody comes up to you at a networking party like we all go to, mm-hmm. and um, they say to you, hey, what do you do? And, and what do I say? Yeah, what's, what's your one-liner? I just say I just got out of prison or something <laughs> along those lines. But, uh, do they, do they step yeah, away? No, I, uh, you know, as far as describing ASK, I think that's a great question. In fact, you know, it's interesting that you asked that because uh, one of the mistakes that we made early on, and you touched on this show, is about what mistakes have you made is we did not, when I took over at ASK in 2004, we did not have a crisp, clean answer to that right. question. And, you know, and I would ramble on and talk about, well, you know, we do a computer networks and we do take care of environments for, you know, IT environments for businesses. People and people start I, to glass over. Yeah. Yeah. And I was talking, and, and the question was once asked of me, of a, he was a mentor, he is a mentor and friend, a very wealthy, successful businessman, much older gentleman, Asked me that question once. He was on the board of an organization with me, and I got done with my rambling, and he said, I don't, I don't know what the hell you do. <laughs> and he said, aren't you the president? And I said, yeah. He said, yeah. you don't know what the hell you do. <laughs> yeah. So I went back to the office, and I got everybody together, and Good. I said, okay, we got to we figure that, you know, we got to figure out a way to answer that. And, yeah, it came out, what, what came out of that brainstorming was um, our tagline, which is, uh, we take the hassle out of technology so that you can focus on your business. Yeah, I like that a lot. So that's what ASK does. And I think that helps not only in telling and letting people know what you do, but it also really lets you know what you do best and right. sticking to that. And that's one of the things that you know we're still kind of working on. I think we've got it. Melissa does a better job than I do. But So that's I, I like that. And um, so you, you didn't start out as an owner in the no, company? No, I, I, well, I did start at ASK as an owner, but okay. I, didn't, I did not found the company. The company started in 93. Yep. Uh, founded by three individuals, and I took over in 2004. And tell us, what were you doing before that, and, and why make the jump into small business ownership? Yeah, so it, I was working at IBM, and I, yeah, I started uh, I started my career in sales at a couple different companies, landed at IBM, and started to progress through the ranks there through sales into management, and got into some regional management. And, uh, and I had known ASK. Um, ASK at the time was a premier IBM partner, um, still an IBM partner, but back then that was a big part of their business model was IBM hardware, large mainframe technology. I always had a lot of respect for the, the guys at ASK and, and, and the job they did, the technology talent that they had, the ethics. Uh, they approached me about taking over operational control of the business, and, 
I, I was doing pretty well at IBM. I had a good gig going. I mean, I was um, I liked my job uh, to a degree. But what I found is as I progressed through the, the levels of middle level, you know, entry level, middle level management at a big company like IBM, my job became more and more internal. It became about yeah. spreadsheets and about internal conference calls and forecasts and less customer interacting, less, you know, solution driven, less problem solving. Uh, and so I, be, I started to get a little more dissatisfied with that. Yeah. And, Long story short, after thought, prayer, talking to my family and my wife, we decided to make the jump to this small company at that time based in Mason, Michigan, called ASK, uh-huh. and uh, never have regretted that decision. That Good. was the best business decision I ever made. Yeah, boy, it doesn't take long, I think, in that corporate environment. Not in all corporate. A lot of people are very satisfied. But it, once you are not, it doesn't take long to be pretty miserable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's a, IBM's a great company. Sure. But, you know, the, the flexibility, as you know, being a small business owner, the flexibility the ability to come up with new ideas yeah. in the morning, implement them by the afternoon. I mean, that that nothing, you know, no environment like small business um, has that. And so that's what I enjoy most. And that's been at the heart of what we've done the last 11 years at ASK. Yeah, and even as you grow, too, there's still that entrepreneurial mindset in small business, like, hey, we could do this. And you have right. that possibility with a smaller company to be able to really make an impact, not only for your customers, but also for your employees. Yeah, absolutely. So 10 years, I always like looking 10 years, because I'm always looking in the future, like, you know, what are we going to do today that's going to affect tomorrow? But give me that fly-through of ASK. I know you move buildings, and uh, but tell me where you see ASK and what's it look like in 10 years? 10 years from now? 10 years from now. Yeah, you, you know, I think what we do, and for listeners that aren't familiar with ASK, we're, as you said, we're an IT security and consulting company. What we basically do is we take care of the IT environments for uh, corporations. So we are their IT department. Um, we take care of the IT infrastructure 24 hours a day. We're their IT help desk. We're their consultants. Um, the reason I, I answer the question, by, I start there in answering your question, is that 10 years from now, the, the kind of care and feeding that goes into d- today's uh, IT infrastructure, uh, temp-, temp file deletion, antivirus updates, Microsoft patching, that kind of stuff's going to become more and more automated. It's going to be more of a commodity. So ASK, we're actively moving more into the consulting space. Yeah. We, we're getting closer to our clients. We're finding out a lot more about their line of business applications uh, we've hired and ramped up um, consultative engineers and account managers who have expertise in this area. Um, the short way of saying that is understanding more about how our clients make money, how our clients are successful, and then providing technology solutions to help enable our customers to be more successful. And that's that's a trend that will continue over the next 10 years. Um, the old school just help desk care and feeding of the environment, that'll be more driven by Microsoft and big companies. They're going to have stabilization in their products. Um, the, the successful IT consulting company, I think, has to be focused on um, security, consulting, line of business applications, productivity. Uh, those are the things that customers are looking for, and that's where we're moving to. And I think both of us being in the technology field and anybody who's directly involved with technology, that's our lifeblood here, is that we already are always evolving because we have to be the experts. We have to be the ones that are on the edge of, of what's next and what's coming because our, our customers are going to ask that questions and want that service. So, Mike, you know, here we are at the most uncomfortable section of our program, and I know you've been sweating and worried about this yeah. the whole time. <laughs> but then you also I'm said... a bundle of nerves. <laughs> that's right. I can tell. I can just tell. But we want to talk about 
mistakes and things yeah. we did. They don't have to be big mistakes, just things we did. And I think more importantly, how we recovered from them, because I think that's valuable advice yeah. for those that are in the trenches. So if you had to say what was your biggest mistake or something that you should tell somebody out there who's starting or in a small business, what not to do. Sure. Yeah. There's uh, I was joking with you before the show saying, well, it's going to be hard to come up with cause <laughs> hard to come up with mistakes because we've done everything so well. And and, the, and that's a joke, obviously. The truth is we've made lots of them, and we always learn more from our mistakes than we do from our successes. I believe that. Um, but a couple come to mind. I mean, one is I think small businesses, and, and this is a lesson I had to learn through through making mistakes, have to stay focused on their core value, what they do best. And I know as we began to grow at ASK, and we've grown um, at a phenomenal pace for the last 10 years, and we've added people and expanded and added room, you know, space in our offices and things like that. Um, the tendency was to try to focus on more and more areas uh, where we could provide solutions to the business community. Right. And, you know, on its face, that's not a bad idea. I mean, that sounds like a good, a good plan, a good idea to diversify. Uh, but you can take that too far. And we found ourselves doing that at times where we got into areas that are just not our core niche. Yep. And it diverted our attention. It diverted our, our people. Um, it took our focus away from what we really do best. Uh, and so we had to pull that back in. That's, that's one big mistake. I, I think the other one that comes to mind uh, for me is as a, as a business owner and as a, as a CEO of a small business, I had to learn to let go of control, and that's a hard thing to do. And you're used to when you're small. When we had ten people, you know, I could everything. Yeah, yeah, I could do everything. And I could control the whole company from my chair. You know, it was very easy to do. Um, As we've gotten bigger, I had to I had to count on people and hold them accountable, and I had to let people you know run parts of the company that I was used to having direct control over, and and that's hard to do. Yeah, it's really Um, hard. So, you know, I learned that through, through making the mistake of not doing it. And uh, as time went on, we've, you know, kind of righted that ship as well. And that's funny because we've had, uh, you know, our, you're our fifth guest and we've had five people in here. And every one of them either said delegation was really hard for them. And, and then they also said it's really doing what they do best and that's it. Yeah. Because that's just something that we've made the mistake of too is like, yes, we can do everything for you. But technically we can. And it was just really hard for us because... You know, it's money. We're thinking, hey, it's money. We can do it. And, sure. and maybe down the road, we'll, if we do this small thing for them that we're really not good at, maybe we'll get what we really want. Yeah, and you have good people, you know, at Michigan Creative and yeah. at ASK. So when, you, when you're presented with a challenge, it's not, that, it's not that you're being disingenuous. You can do those things. Sure. Uh, given enough time and energy, you, your people can do it. The, the problem is how much time and energy is going to go into it and, what, and what's going to be the, the, you know, what are you going to have to give up right. to go down that path? Yeah. And that's what a lot of people talk about. And I think that those of you that are listening out there and you're in a small business or thinking about making in that road is that delegation piece and then really, really getting down to what you do and what you do best and keep doing that over and over and over again. So I like that. Along the same lines, was there anything that you had a great idea? You're like, this is going to work at, at the company at ASK. I know it's going to work. It's going to be awesome. So excited about it. Then it didn't work. Uh, yeah, I, there, there's been a few of those. I, nothing, I think, major that comes to mind. But we, it, along the same lines of getting into areas that are not our core expertise, we, we've offered things over the years. Like we got into uh, voice over Internet yeah. um, technology where we actually had our own offering. Where that came from was actually interesting. When we moved into our office that we're currently in in Lansing, uh, one of our very bright engineers um, designed and built our voice over IP phone system for our office use. And it's, 
it's a phenomenal system. We use it today um, with dozens and dozens of engineers that um, use it on a daily basis. It has everything from screen pops to call queuing to remote find, find me, follow me features. Mm -hmm. um, it's very flexible. It does everything we want it to do, and we still use it. And being a sales and marketing guy, when sure. I saw that, I thought we could package this up and we could sell this. It works for us. Um, yeah, yeah, and we did. Uh, and we had success selling it. The, the problem that I ran into is so much of that technology was outside of our direct control. We had to count on the, the uh, Internet provider, uh, the SIP provider, um, you know, to, not to get too technical, but the, the, the provider that brings the lines in that run the telephone service over the Internet. And when they would have, have an outage or a problem, I had no direct control over resolution of the problem. But it was my product. Sure. It was all branded by The clients by didn't us. know our that. Our clients didn't know that. You can't yeah, tell I mean, them, well, that's not our fault. So Right. <laughs> right. And so we had, to, we had to back out of that, even though I think that there was a market for it, and I think we could have sold a lot of it. It's just not something I was willing to put our name on when I couldn't control it. And that was probably a relief once you really made that decision. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, there was some internal resistance. To I say, bet. And that's an understatement, but we, it was the right <laughs> decision at the time. Well, good. What do you think you have to work on personally as a leader? I mean, it's tough, and I know as running a much smaller company, but that leadership is very important to me, and, and it's, I think I'm decent at it, but I think I always need to improve on it. And so what yeah. are some things you need to improve on as a leader? For me, right now, where we're at and where I'm at personally is I need to work much harder on coaching. Um, early on, I was, I was good at it. I mean, we were small enough that I could interact with all the staff members on a daily basis. Um, I could, you know, motivate. I could find out what challenges they had, what things in the organization weren't working for them, and try to break down those barriers. Um, as we've, you know, gotten to the point now, we're not huge, but we're above over 30 people. Um, uh, there are days where I'm in my office and I don't see, you know, a number of people that work for us, right. I, you know, at all. And, or I'll be in my office all day long just trying to do what I do. And I'm intentionally going to try to work on getting out of that habit and walking around and t interacting more, which is not, it sounds easy, but it's going to require yeah. me taking some things off my plate or expanding my timelines on things that I want to get done. Yep. Um, to make time for that. But it's it's important, and I think I need to get back to that. That's yeah. something I'm actively focused on. And you wouldn't think that you need to put planned time in there to do that in our schedules, but you almost do. Yeah, you really do. Cause, I like, yeah, I mean, because that is so important. Like, I it, here we are right across the hall from most of our staff, and they're right there, and they're all working there. And I can get yeah. buried on emails for all day. I yeah. can just sit back there all day. Yeah, it's I easy. Hate it. I hate e it. Email or anything. Oh. You can get into a project. Yeah. You can be working on your finances. You can be working on... Uh, you know, customer proposals. You can work on you know, anything. Can take you away from that interaction. And um, you've got good people, so they'll they'll do their jobs. But they do need the leader to be involved. They need them. They need to hear from you. Yep. They need to vent to you. Uh, and you'll find out a lot more just through those casual interactions yep. than you will with a formal kind of job review or, you know, yearly appraisal yeah. kind of process. And I think that helps you, too, just get out of that chair. And, you know, I was listening to a podcast this morning on the way um, back from Ann Arbor, and they were um, they talked about some good leaders and some good inventors. And, and, you know, they were talking about Henry Ford and Einstein. And those guys had, you know, in their calendar specific things that, that they did at specific times. And one of them was a walk. Almost everybody that they were talking about, all of them had a walk that was just in there, and they'd walk around wherever. And then yeah. that was part of their schedule and part of their day. to just Management by walking around, yeah. right? You yeah. Know, so. so, yeah, I like that. Okay, good. Um, let's talk about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. I don't like the i got to come up with a better phrase because I hate that work-life balance. Because w one of the things, if you really like your work, um, then it's they're not separate. They're together. Yeah. But you have kids that are busy in sports. I know that about you. I have right. kids. That are, how, do you, how do you make sure 
that you can either turn it off for a little bit when you get home or that you're spending enough time with your family because we could work all day and all night. Yeah. And, and especially with technology today. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always with you. Know, it's always with you. And it, you know what? It's really hard. I'm in a peer group of other IT security consulting firms from around the country, and we meet um, three, four times a year. One of the things that we review each other on is that topic. How many hours are you working? We have metrics that we look at. You know, how many hours are you personally working? How many hours are you spending with your family? How many hours are you spending with your kids? And I love that they built that into the program. And I and I'll be honest with you, I fail, (laughs) I fail at that. Um, I I don't I don't do enough work life balance to use that term. Sure. Uh, I I'm trying to get better at it, and part of it is you know through the use of technology, I can go to. Uh, my kid's soccer game, right. and they have to be there an hour early right, for warm-up. Well, I've got a, a Microsoft Surface, right? I can, I can pound out some things on email or whatever on my Surface while he's warming up. Yeah. Uh, and that gives me the ability to still be productive, but be out there when he's playing. Right. Uh, be there after the game, take him out for ice cream. Uh, and then I think you've got to be intentional, too, and you mentioned that. I think there are times where you just need to shut it down. Yep. And, uh, you know, emergencies only, turn the tablet off, set the phone over there on the sure. side. Because there's um, always something that's going to go, and it drives me crazy. There's always a notification. There's always yeah. an email sound. And it's like, you really, if you kept it. So Melissa, who's my CEO here, her and her husband actually have phone downtime. Yeah. Where they flip it, like just like you said. And I think Tom Stewart, who was on the show too, one of the things he said is he stopped using his phone as an alarm clock. Because yeah. a lot of us use our phones as our alarm clock, and it's in our bedroom. And right. now that when he said that, I'm like, yeah, that is ridiculous. Yeah. I've got my work right when I wake up. First thing I look at is my phone. That's not a good way to start. Yeah, absolutely. I think, and that's an, as being intentional about it. I yeah. think those are great ideas. Yeah. Yeah, being intentional about you and making sure that you're at your best. Because you can't be a good leader if you're consistently always working and always stressed out about things. Right, and burnout's work. a reality. And, oh, man, yeah. And, and I think it's a myth. I mean, part of it for me, Brian, is... This myth that I'm, as I get older, um, I'm almost 50 now, and I'm, I'm finally learning the lesson that you're never going to be caught up. I mean, right. there's, there's this theory, though, that you know, at least for me, there's been this myth that eventually I'll get above the bubble. I'll get caught up. Sure. I'll get it to where it needs to be. If you're energetic, you're running an energetic growing company, you're never going to be caught up. Right. So you've got to intentionally pull yourself back. And that, you know, that email inbox, that, that email can be answered tomorrow. Yeah. It, it doesn't, I mean, we think it has to be answered right now. And, and that whole idea of I'd love to get my email inbox cleaned out and organized. But right. as soon as you do that, it is cool. You're like, wow, that's cool. But then a couple of days later. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. So employees are important to both of us. You have a lot that you're responsible for. Um, I have a lot that we're responsible for. To me, that, that's everything. It's not only our biggest expense, and I always tell people that if I didn't have employees, I'd be a millionaire. Yeah. But then I, yeah. that would only last for about a week because we, <laughs> right. you don't want me doing right. some of the work. Yeah. But um, I think the number one reason that we've been as successful as we are is because of the people that are sitting across the hall, a hall from us. And how do you make sure that employees, and today's employees, a little different, you know, they, they want to be involved and they want to feel like they can make a difference in the company. How do you know, especially, you know, 30 employees, that, that they know that you value them and how do you continually make them motivated to do their job? You know, I think, it's, I think it comes down to little things. I think it's the, you know, the email from you that just tells them they did a good job on a certain project. Um, you, know, you're, you know, you like me, are probably, you're copied on everything that happens. Yep. So um, if a major problem gets solved for one of our clients, the account manager will send an email out, and I'll usually be you know, carbon copied on it. 
Um, I'll make a note of sending uh, an email to, or I'll make a point of sending an email to the people that were involved in that and say, hey, nice job. Yeah. I really appreciate the job you did. Um, I carry um, thank you cards in my desk, old yeah. school, just th blank thank you cards. And I'm amazed at the positive response I get when I'll just write out a quick thank you note to my an employee. Handwritten note, yeah. Handwritten note yep. says, we appreciate what you did. I know how you know, difficult it was. Um, I just want you to know it was, it was noticed. Um, and just leave that on their desk. Yeah. Yeah, I also have gift cards. You know, sometimes I'll throw a gift card in there, a $50 gift card, Visa gift card. Yeah. Um, and it's, I don't think it's the money or even the gift card. It's its the acknowledgement. I, and I think, and I don't know if you agree with me, but I think people respond, in, in general, good people respond much more to the to the um, acknowledgement of a yeah. job well done than they do the money. And I mean, they want the money, but sure. it, you know, the acknowledgement is more important to them. Yeah, they just want to know, hey, somebody appreciates what I've done and that yeah. little bit. And walking around and saying thanks. And that note card's great. I started to do that, too, especially for our clients. And Steve Morris, who is the owner and president over at, at uh, Paramount Coffee, um, I met with him just to talk. And, and he said he makes all of his interns and staff and whoever write handwritten notes, hand address labels too, and mail out to their clients just saying, hey, thanks, or hey, yeah. you know, whatever, it was great to meet you, and he, and he, he can't believe the uh, response that they get from that, because it's so unusual today to get that. Yeah, it's very rare in today's day and age, and that's, and that's interesting, but it, you know, it carries a lot of weight, and I think that um, those kind of little touches show a level of professionalism, a level of care, and a level yeah. of concern. Of course, it has to be genuine. I sure. mean, you can't manufacture it, but if it's genuine... People will respond to that, and uh, you know that's what we're all what we're all targeting and aiming for. And the only thing with my thank you cards, when you'll get yours, um, you'll think it came from a fourth grader because that's yeah. about as good as my handwriting. It sounds like mine. So, oh my yeah, gosh, that's like terrible. So, Mike, we're uh, just go through these last questions. What tell our listeners out there? What is your favorite place to eat or drink in Lansing? Yeah, a couple of them. Uh, lately, our favorite our favorite place to eat is Quality Dairy and uh, the Big Dip uh, ice cream. Yeah, this yeah. summer, we've made a habit of uh, frequenting that. That's dangerous. Uh, we like no no uh, Tropo. We like a lot of the restaurants downtown. Yeah. Um, you know, there's just a, a ton of choices around Lansing. Yeah, so. yeah Quality Dairy is dangerous. Yeah. What is your favorite quote? I'm a, you know, when I was a high school teacher and now as a business owner, I love quotes. I was that cheesy guy. I love them. Um, so give us yours. You know, my favorite quote, and it's hanging in my office, is never confuse activity with achievement. And I think a number of people have said this quote in different ways. John Wooden, the basketball coach, yep. um, is probably most attributed with this quote. But you talked about earlier email. Yeah. You know, I think you can make a career out of email, but oh, that's not going to not necessarily achieve anything for you. So, and I hang that right in my office, and I try to remember that every day. It sits right in front of where I sit, so I see it all day long. And I like that, too. And email is a just, oh, it just drives me crazy. I'm going to find a way to fix that. I'm, and I'm, I might just be deleting my email, but I'm going to find a better way. Solution to that is sometimes you sit behind that desk and you feel like you're doing so much. Yeah. I mean, that you're just multitasking, couple screens, whatever. But then you're done, and at the end of the day, you don't feel like you got anything done. Yeah, you ask yourself, what did I really accomplish I hate today? That. I hate yeah. that. I think so. we all suffer with that uh, dilemma. And, uh, you, and it, like everything else we've talked about, you've got to be intentional. So like you yeah. said, you've got to find a way you know, to get away from email. Yep. Email is one of the big time wasters of our age. I think so, too. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's uh, you know, why I have that quote hanging up there. Yeah. I'm just going to, I'm going to think I'm just going to turn it off and make sure there's no notifications. One of the things that I heard on a podcast is um, they turn off as many notifications as they can on their phone. Yeah. So Facebook, no Facebook notifications, no Twitter notifications, no Instagram notifications. 
So you're not, you don't see that. And if you see a notification, you have that habit of going, ooh, I wonder what that is. Right. So turn them off. Yeah, one of the things I do with email, by the way, is I'll have, I have designated times I, I do email. So like uh-huh. I'll come in first thing in the morning. I'm usually in early. I have an hour or so. I'll get email. I'll get ready for the day. I'll do my email. And then I turn it, and then I close that window. Nice, I like right? that. I don't shut it down, but I close it, and I won't look at it again for a couple hours. Oh, I like that a lot. Um, you know, and I do that intentionally because you know, ninety percent of email is not important. Yeah, it's I mean, not. So I just hate those back and forth emails that it's almost like text now. Yeah, it's <laughs> become that way. Oh, yeah. All right, so we'll fix that. If anybody wants to offer some more advice, to call us here because we need it at Machine Creative. If you could meet and have dinner with any business owner, who would it be and why? I think I would choose, uh, there's a lot of them, but Steve Jobs would probably be the person, uh, yeah. if that was possible, before his passing. I would have loved to have sat down with him and just yeah, been awesome. discussed how he managed the growth of Apple. You know, not only the creation, uh, but when he came back right. to Apple, how he took, how he managed that explosive growth into the world's wealthiest company. I, yeah. It's fascinating to me that that uh, you know you can manage that kind of explosive growth. We have fast growth, but nothing on that no, scale. Right. Um, and how they were able to do that would be the topic of, that I'd like to get into. He would them. be a great guy to, to talk to. And I think if you want to talk, I don't think he would say mistakes. I'm sure he would have some too, but they had a big, you know, they were super popular and all of a sudden they weren't. Yeah. And then they rose right again, like you said, to the top. And I'd like to hear about that. that. Yeah time when they lessons learned yeah 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 amazing amazing man the book is great too and i I would like to meet him um we all have technology that we don't love like we just said but what technology or app or software or online cloud-based system could you not live without you know lately over the last year it's become microsoft OneNote, and i don't know uh if you've used OneNote before i've seen it it's become my go-to in fact like everything else i'm kind of overusing it now i've become too addicted to it it's a it's an app that allows you, it integrates with Outlook, so it integrates with everything, but basically it's a notebook application that allows you to take your calendar appointments, your emails, your projects, put them in one place, create notebooks so they're organized cool. and, and, and tabulated. Take all your notes when you're with the client or you're with a staff member, you take all your relevant notes in the same place. You can email them out, you can assign to-dos from within one note, you can highlight things for later. Um, it's just become an incredible way for me to manage the, you know, the vast number of things that you're supposed to be mm-hmm. doing on a daily basis. Yeah, I've seen that. We're mostly Apple here too, but I'll tell Melissa she uses Windows. John does too. So yeah. tell I'll them tell if them. they don't use OneNote, check it out. Okay, I will for sure. And uh, before we go, last question: Somebody wants to get hold of ASK or you. What is sure. the best way to do that? Well, of course, the website, yep. which is justask.net. www.justask.net. Or they can call us at 877-ASK-4-ASK. That's ASK for ASK. And there's one more way that they can really hear more wisdom from ASK and from you and, and some other people at ASK. And how can they do that? There's well, that's through our radio uh, program, which is on the Michigan Business Network. We air every Tuesday at noon, and then they repeat the show throughout the week. Uh, and that's called Bottom Line IT. So if you go to michiganbusinessnetwork.com, and look for Bottom Line IT. You will you can see our podcasts and our also our live broadcast on Tuesdays. Okay. Well, Mike, thanks a lot for being here. JustAsked.net and Mike Maddox is the CEO and president of ASK, a Lansing-based IT security and consulting firm. Mike, thanks a lot for coming in. Hey, thank you, Brian. I appreciate it. And thank you for listening to episode 005 of The Business Machine and, mis- and Mistakes That We Made. And we will see you on our next episode. And I'll leave you with the quote that we always leave you with is, A great leader makes everyone around him or her better than they are. So go out and do that, and we'll see you on the other side. Thanks.